You're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud Radio Show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Featuring Author Speaker And Minister Michael Nimmons. I'm Brina Clark. And you're listening to Thinking Out Loud radio and TV podcast with Michael Nimmons. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hello and welcome to the memorial edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And I'm your host, author, motivational speaker, and minister, Michael Nemes. You're tuned in to the show that's giving voice to issues that matter to you. want to uh, wish everybody a happy Memorial Day. Uh, I know it was on yesterday, uh, but I hope you guys enjoyed yourself and took time with family. It was a beautiful, beautiful day. We did some barbecuing uh, on yesterday, uh, enjoying the beautiful weather outside. Uh, just love uh, being outside uh, during uh, this time of year, uh, uh, you know, enjoying the beautiful weather and the sun and just uh, the outdoors. Uh, it was just really a beautiful, beautiful day. And I hope you guys had an opportunity to really enjoy it. And again, thank you so much for tuning in to a brand new edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Guys, we've got another great show in store for you this week. We have noted scholar, author, and activist Brina Brina Clark with us. Uh, She is uh, promoting her latest book entitled Chicken Soup for the Soul. I'm speaking now. Black women share their truth and 101 stories of love, courage, and hope. Guys, we had a great conversation uh, and I can't wait to share this interview with you in just a little bit. She is a tremendous woman, a lot to share. And again, I'm so happy to welcome her uh, to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. And don't forget this week's after show uh, later on today at 8 p.m. live on Instagram. We're going to be talking about athletes and the media, uh, particularly uh, tennis player Naomi Osaki uh, recently uh, missed a press conference uh, with when she was playing in the French Open. And um, she released a statement that we're going to read uh, later on during the after show. A lot has come out regarding her. Her, uh, skipping the press conference uh, she's indicating she did so because of uh, mental health and um, we, we're sensitive to, to mental health and uh, and and to those that are um, experiencing 
problems uh, in that area, and certainly we don't want to seem uh, insensitive at all uh, to that. But we also have uh, another perspective we want we want to share, um, you know, with you uh, later on this evening at 8 p.m. Uh, uh, during the after show, uh, because I, I I believe that athletes uh, have a responsibility, you know, whether they want to agree uh, believe it or not, uh, or agree with that or not, they are role models and uh, people look up to them and they have a responsibility as well. So I, I'm interested um, in getting your opinions about uh, about this and other topics as well. So uh, we'll be talking more about this. I have a lot of a great deal of respect for Naomi Osaki and uh, what she's done uh, for the sport of tennis. Um, but she's also getting paid a lot of money, $37.5 million from what I understand. She's the highest paid uh, athlete last year um, in the sport. So uh, I think she has um, a certain amount of accountability and responsibility uh, that goes along with that as being a professional tennis player. You might agree or disagree with me, uh, but uh, we're going to get more into that later on this evening, 8 p.m., live on Instagram. TOL Radio host MSN is where you can follow us uh, so you can join the discussion. I look forward to hearing your thoughts and opinions about this and more later on this evening on the after show. Again, guys, we have been really working on our new website. Uh, it's coming along really well. Just kind of giving you an update. Uh, MichaelNimmons.com is being updated and revised. Uh, I can't wait to share with you. We've got some new things coming down the pike, and I can't wait for you guys to see it. It's going to be up in just a few weeks, so keep your fingers crossed. we got a lot of new things coming down your, coming your way. So check out the new MichaelNimmons.com. Uh, we'll 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 definitely keep you posted on this progress and when we will be doing the big reveal. So uh, keep your eyes tuned and your ears open because we'll be making those announcements very, very soon. Also, check out Thinking Out Loud TV, guys. We got a couple new videos up there as well. Be sure to subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud TV YouTube channel. That's where we're putting up posting exclusive clips from our interviews with uh, these influential people that we are blessed to interview right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. And when you do uh, subscribe to the uh, to the Thinking Out Loud TV YouTube channel, uh, and uh, if you like the videos, hit the like button as well as leave us a comment as well guys we want to be engaging we want to be the kind of host that interacts and engages its listeners and um, we, we consider ourselves a family oriented type of show so I look forward to you subscribing uh, to the channel and even to the podcast and engaging with you each and every week also if you're interested in being a part of the show want to be a guest on the Thinking Out Loud radio show shoot us an email at contact at michaelnemons.com I look forward uh, to chopping it up with our listeners and you being a part of what we're doing right here. All right, guys, we're getting ready to take our first break. When we come back, we're getting right into my interview with distinguished scholar, author, and speaker, Brina Clark. You're tuned in to one of the hottest radio shows online. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. Back. 
Hello, my name is Maya Nimmons, and I want you to listen to my dad, Michael Nimmons, on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Every Tuesday at 8 p.m., available everywhere you listen to your podcast. And now, available on the Detroit Praise Network website. You better listen to that little girl, the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Black to the bone, to the core, to the root. I am to America a very strange fruit. Born from a tree nearly wilted from its traps into a world content with racial labeling and criminal profiles. I search for truths that have been withheld from books produced to tell history. And it's a mystery how they miss me or people like me when our backs were broken from building this country. And our hands were calloused from sowing seeds upon which men and women would bleed and still not be free for another 300 years. I believe some mothers still cry those slaves tears. Cause fear and anger run deep and get passed down through generations like heirlooms. And in the heirlooms the stench of discrimination as this nation falls deeper into complacency. Denying black beauty and black pride Black lives really do matter. Here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Hi, this is Martin Luther King III, and you're tuned in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with radio host Michael Nimmons. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Who told you that you were naked? Who told you that you were insufficient? Who told you that you were a loser? Who told you that you were a failure? Who told you that you were deficient? Who told you that you were nothing? Who told you that you were worthless? Who told you that you had no value? Who told you that you were you to believe? Who told you that you were naked? It's a dynamic, empowering, and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com. Like a victim when you are already victorious. All right, guys, we are back on an amazing edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. And we have an amazing guest with us. Uh, and I'm just so excited to have her on the show. And I can't wait to get into this interview with her about her new book. And before we do, though, I want to give her a proper introduction. She's the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, 
I'm Speaking Now. And she's also the author of three novels, the most recently published, Angels Make Their Hope Here, is set in an imagined mixed-race community in 19th century New Jersey. Uh, her debut novel, River Cross My Heart, was an October 1999 Oprah Book Club selection and was named by Publishers Weekly as one of the seven essential books about Washington, D.C. Uh, she's a co-founder of the Hubbard Festival of Women Writers and is on the fiction faculty of Stone Coast MFA and creative writing at the University of Southern Maine since 2013. I want you to give a warm thinking out loud radio show welcome to new friend of the show, author, speaker, activist, co-founder of uh, the Hubbard Festival of Women Writers and the fiction faculty of Stone Coast MFA and creative writing. I want you to, I want to welcome uh, Rena Clark. Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thanks for having me, Michael. I'm happy to be here. Oh, we're so very, very happy to have you here. We always like to give our guests some applause. <laughs> we want to make you feel at home and feel welcome right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. As I said before, it is a pleasure to meet you, uh, Ms. Clark. Thank you so much for being with us here on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. Nice to be here. Nice to be here. Absolutely. So I want to start here. Um, tell us about your journey as an author. Well, um, as you can see, I've been writing for a while, so it's been a long journey. Mm. But I came to writing uh, later in my career. I started out doing other things. I uh, went to uh, Howard University. I'm a Howard University alum. My uh, degree there was in fine arts, so I have a BFA. And I tried to um, have a career in theater that in the early years. Uh, and I, I did perform and write for theater in my earlier uh, part of my career. I left that to work, uh, to do administrative work at Time Inc. And I worked on the administrative staff for uh, the magazine group at Time Inc. I retired from there um, at, after the success of River Cross My Heart. I actually wrote it while I was working at Time. Mm. And it took me a long time. I had a lot of support. Uh, my book was published. And then it was chosen for the Oprah show. So that was a great bit of luck. I see. And yes. That, that was great. And I was able then to uh, take an early retirement and uh, start over with another career. So that was very good for me. Wow. And tell us tell us what it was like, you know, being your book being selected uh, as a part of the Oprah Book Club. I mean, that had to be a tremendous honor. Well, it was, and it was a great boost. Her show was at that time enormously successful. Mm. And she was choosing, I think she was choosing one book 
every month at that point in the show's history. So it was very important. And my book had gotten a nice response even before the Oprah selection. So we were very pleased and um, the publisher was very pleased with the response. And then when it was chosen by Oprah, that just sort of put it in a whole other category. And it was very exciting. I was able to meet her and I was on the show. And so it was great. You know, it was a really a, a great experience. Awesome. Awesome. Wow. That's just tremendous. Um, you, you, you got to meet her. Um, that, that, that had to be a really, um, wonderful experience. And, and so a river crossed my heart. That was your first that was your first book? Yes. Yes. That was my debut novel. And as I say, it was very, you know, I was very excited about it being chosen. And the point is, I mean, it was great meeting um, Oprah, of course. Right. But what she actually did for those of us whose books she chose was even more important because bookstores have a certain length of time that they will keep any novel any new novel on their shelves mm -hmm. they can't keep them on forever and ever and ever so they have a short uh, shelf life in a regular bookstore which means that your readers have to get to your book quickly right snap them up in right. order for them to be successful so the thing with the oprah uh book selection is that because of her selection and the great popularity, it extended that shelf life for the book. It kept it around longer. Most bookstores had a had an Oprah uh, book club table. So your book would be there. It was a great boost. It was a very great boost to the book. I'm sure it was. And what's even more phenomenal for me is that was your first novel. Yes, <laughs> because <yes>. many writers, <laughs> I'm telling you, I've written a couple books myself and um, for your first book out the gate to be um, that successful has really got to have a great feeling behind that as well. Yes, yes, it really did. It really did. It was a great, uh, a great boost uh, to my self-esteem. And um, and also it gave me the energy and also the time uh, to devote to the next project and the next one after that. So it was great. Awesome. I know you guys are enjoying my interview with author, speaker, founder, activist, Brianna Clark. She is Brina Clark. I'm sorry, Brina Clark. She is on with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. So, so very happy and honored to have her with us on the show with us today, talking to us about uh, her recent book, Chicken Soup for the Soul. I'm speaking now. Um, your, your, as we said, your recent book again is called Chicken Soup for the Soul. I'm speaking now. I want to, I want to ask you how important is the black woman's voice, uh, not just in black America, but in this country. And dare I say, even in this world. Oh, absolutely. In this world, I think that we have uh, a very specific um, experience of racial oppression and also um, uh, gender based uh, oppression so that I think we have a unique 
specific voice and we can talk about issues that affect all women as well as um, speaking about issues that affect all black people. So um, the concept of intersectionality comes into play here because we represent uh, several uh, communities that have been oppressed and so that we have a particular uh, voice and that we speak uh, uh, with. And that's one of the reasons why we titled our our uh, book, I'm Speaking Now. But, you know, it has a much longer title, Michael. And I just want to give you that much longer title because I think it's important. Oh, yes. Absolutely. It is called I'm Speaking Now. Black women share their truth in 101 stories of love, courage, and hope. And so it's a very big kind of unwieldy title on one end, but you can see that it includes many very important stories. Mm. Um, And they're all, it's 101 stories. They're all first person narratives. So each woman is talking specifically about her life in these stories. And I'm very happy to be involved with this project. And again, we're very happy to have you on the show to talk about uh, this very powerful, uh, powerful book. And and since we're we're doing that, let's let's talk about it in this way. You know, um, as you said, this is one hundred and one stories of uh, love, courage and hope told by black women. You know, I want you to uh, tell us about uh, some of the writers that were in this book, some of the topics, the subject matters that were discussed and how you were able to bring uh, all of these influential women together uh, for a project like this. Well, the project was conceived uh, well back in the fall and we put out a call asking women who wanted to tell, who wanted to write a first person narrative, many of them, uh, well, I'll say not many of them. Some of them had written for chicken soup volumes in the past. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many of the women are new to the chicken soup series and are also, some of them are new to writing. Some of them were moved to create their narrative Uh, even though they had not had the experience of writing this type of essay before. Um, We sent out, as I said, a very wide call soliciting submissions. Many women, very many women responded. We read all of their essays and we chose 101 to represent this book. So we had to winnow it down from a much larger pool. I'll also mention that the book has includes 12 poems as well, because we got poetry submissions. Uh, A number of women sent the poems in and we didn't want to just not publish the poems. We also didn't want to give up a spot, one of the 101 spots for the essays because the response had been so good. So we decided that there was a way to include at least 12 poems so that each of the 12 sections in which the book is separated 
includes a poem and the poem begins that section. Mm. So you get a lot in this book. There's a lot of wisdom here. You get the poetry, you get the personal essays. And then one of my favorite parts um, is that each story, each of the essays is accompanied by a quote that appears right at the top of the page, the quote that refers to that story. And these quotes are from um, a wide range of black women. Uh, Some of them are historical women who are quoted here. Um, Mary McLeod Bethune, Anna Julia Cooper, so many others. Mm -hmm. We also have contemporary women, Oprah, of course, Mm -hmm. Beyonce, Michelle Obama, many, many Kamala Harris, Stacey Abrams, many other uh, contemporary women. So it's a really nice mix. So you've got um, a lot to reflect on when you have this book. It sounds like an amazing book. And uh, again, we're so very happy to, uh, to have you with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul uh, Entertainment is an iconic brand. Uh, it's been around for some time now. And I want to mm-hmm. know, uh, how does your book align with uh, this iconic brand? Well, this book is born of the brand. Hmm. Amy Newmark, who is uh, who, uh, she and I are co-authors of the book, co-editors of this uh, volume. Uh, this uh, idea grew from Amy Newmark. Mm-hmm. And um, she reached out to a few uh, writers that she knew and she was recommended to me as possibly someone to join her. She wanted very much to have a black woman to work with her so that we could bring this project to fruition. When she reached out to me, we talked about it. And when she told me about what her concept was, I said, Oh, okay, I'm down for this. This is, this is something I'm very passionate about. Uh, because I wanted to um, work with someone who was providing a platform for a wide range of black women who wanted to write and express themselves about their experiences. And this works well with the other work that I do. As you've said, I I teach uh, fiction at an a low residency MFA program. And I also am the co-founder of the Hobart Festival of Women Writers. And we've been, we've been doing until the pandemic came, we were doing an annual uh, weekend festival each year since 2013. And we expect to get back to our in-person event really soon. But all of these things um, come together for me. They're all part of what I see is a contribution that I can make as a writer that I when I go through, if I can open a door and let some other uh, women come through and express themselves, then I'm happy. That makes me happy. And uh, we can uh, talk about all of the issues that are important to us. And that's what the women in this uh, volume have done. 
Amazing, amazing. I know you guys are enjoying our interview with this noted author, scholar, activist, speaker, and so much more, Brina Clark. She is with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. So happy to have her here discussing her latest book. And we're going to get ready to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get more into our interview with this noted scholar and author, Brina Clark. We'll be right back. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jamel Hill, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with my man, Michael Nimmons. Stay locked. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Congratulations to Pastor Michael Nimmons for over 20,000 streams and downloads. Rate, review, and subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud radio show podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, and MichaelNimmons.com. Tune in today. The Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you. Minneapolis, Minnesota to London, England, from New Zealand to New York City. Black Lives Matter and I Can't Breathe are the sentiment of people around the world. Dr. King was right. Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. We must do everything we can to continue to march, protest, and rally for justice. Let us march on until victory is won. An important message from the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back, and I hope you are enjoying my interview with this noted scholar and author, uh, Brina Clark. Uh, I'm just so happy to have her with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. Uh, she's, she's with us today to discuss uh, her latest book entitled Chicken Soup for the Soul, I'm speaking now. Um, I'm just so, again, excited uh, to have her with us. And in this segment, we're going to talk. Uh, uh, I want to I want you to share a little bit more 
about some of the women that um, are a part of this project. Uh, you said that you got an amazing uh, response when it was first put out there and you've kind of had to dwindle it down to 101 st uh, stories. So I want you to kind of talk a little bit about some of the women that actually made it into this book. Well, it, that is an interesting and exciting aspect of working on a project like this. Right. And the other night we had a, a, a Zoom social. So I was able to actually see uh, a lot of the women on Zoom for the oh, first time. Wow. I'd read their work. I knew their names, but I hadn't seen their faces. And it was really lovely. Right. To see their faces. And as I say, they run uh, the gamut of age. Certainly, we have some young women and we also have one 90 year old. Um, I, I bring her name up. We have a 90 year old who contributed a lovely story as well. Mm. Uh, so we do um, have a wide variety of voices. We have women from around the country. That again was interesting because we've got women from all over the states, as well as women who are of Caribbean background. We didn't want to uh, exclude any black woman of the diaspora mm -hmm. of the Americas, at least. Um, we couldn't go too wide, but we included women who, from Canada, uh, Afro-Canadians as well, who contributed their voices, as well as um, women of uh, Caribbean background. They were able to speak to the specifics of their experience. And that's the, the part I like, the juxtaposition uh, of the universal human experience, the universal woman's experience, and the specific experience of being Black in this country, because I, I want to emphasize that this book has much to say to everyone, anyone who is interested in um, heartfelt, personal narratives of experience will appreciate this book. And I think that for some people, uh, this may be eye opening. It may be an educational opportunity, an opportunity to understand more clearly the experiences of someone, you know, or someone you wish you knew a little bit better, a coworker or uh, a colleague. So there's a lot for everyone to read, I think, in this book. Um, we have one woman who writes a very compelling story of the uh, changes in her life. Uh, she was uh, formerly incarcerated. She participated in a program of training uh, dogs and felt that this was part of a process that she was able to uh, rehabilitate uh, her emotional life upon her release. Um, we have a story, a very compelling story, uh, written by someone who experienced COVID-19 and um, wrote about her experiences in the hospital. It's a very, very topical, very compelling story. And I do want to add that um, we started uh, soliciting submissions back in the fall of uh, 2020. 
So there are many of the stories do include bits of the crises that we've all been experiencing in the last couple of years mm-hmm. uh, with the political um, atmosphere as well as the pandemic atmosphere. So the stories are very topical. Uh, again, that's one of the really interesting parts of this volume. I know that that's got to be um, uh, a great part of the book because you know, for you to be able to to have this project out at the same time, you know, these women are writing about what they're going through um, uh, currently. And it yes. really, yeah, it really makes uh, makes the book relevant um, and and one that, you know, when when a, a person reads it, they're like they're reading mm-hmm. about something that's happening right now and, and, and yes. they can relate to um, in, in real time almost. Uh, this, that's yes. probably another aspect of the book that, that that makes it powerful. It is. And it's part of what chicken soup is able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really easy to bring together this much uh, text, this much creative work. But they've got a great staff and they're very energetic and they have an infrastructure for uh, editing and uh, printing and distributing the books, I'm happy to say, so that uh, as of June 1st, we'll be available everywhere. Um, it, besides bookstores, we'll also be in places like Target and Walmart. So that's part of the very energetic infrastructure that Chicken Soup has. And I'm very pleased. And I think that the words of these women will get to a lot of places and people will enjoy and appreciate uh, what they've read here. I've often said I'd several times when Amy Newmark and I've been talking, you know, you read different books in different ways. One book, you might pick it up, snatch it up and read it cover to cover in one sitting. That's not what this book is. This book is more, um, contemplative, if you want to use that word, or meditative, or just it's just a nice book to sit down with Mm. so that you can have it on your bedside table, you can have it in your bag as you're commuting or whatever, and you can read a little bit at a time. Um, And that works really lovely because you've got your story, you've got some poetry and you have some quotes, some quotable quotes, some things that you can remember and, and get a lot of insight from. So I'm very pleased with how the book turned out. Awesome. I'm so glad and happy to have noted scholar and author, um, Brina Clark with us, uh, author of a uh, co-author of Chicken Soup of the Soul. I'm speaking now. Black women share their truth uh, in 101 stories of love, courage, and hope. So happy to have her with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. And you know, I want to ask uh, as a part of um, the discussion of this book, you have in the title I'm Speaking Now. I want to know yes. what the significance of now is uh, as as opposed to um, you know other times in history. Why now is significant as a time for black women to speak? Well, I 
I believe we can interpret this title a number of ways. First off, it's straightforward. I'm speaking now. I'm speaking now because... Well, I think because the time is now, Hmm. because there are people who are willing to listen. So now is the time to speak. It's relevant also because we have a very long history of uh, prominent women, uh, courageous women raising their voices to speak. Uh, to talk about the circumstances of African-Americans, of black people in this country. Uh, People like Anna Julia Cooper, who I've mentioned, Mary McLeod Bethune, many, many other women, Dorothy Height, uh, certainly Michelle Obama, a contemporary woman, and Stacey Abrams, also a contemporary woman. But many times our voices have been ignored. Hmm. They've been disrespected. We've been talked over. And I think that's particularly true, as you'll remember, in the vice presidential debate, so much so that Vice President Harris had to insist, I'm speaking now. The, The interesting thing is, and we've been asked whether we took our title from that, we did not. We actually had been discussing that title prior to that, so we were very excited when she also said that, because that's another way to interpret this, to say to those out here, don't speak for me and don't speak over me because I am speaking now hmm. and now my I have something to say. And I think we do have an audience for this. I, I certainly hope we have an audience Um but we are speaking nonetheless. And uh, I believe that to be a very important aspect of the title of this book. And I was interested when I saw the title of of your show, your discussion show, um, Talking Out Loud, because that's uh, another aspect. We're often... um, Uh, disrespected or uh, sort of shushed up when we raise our voices to say. But again, we are insisting with this book and with this title, I'm speaking now. Hmm. (laughs) That to me is the significance and the power. Right. And I even like how you emphasize it's not just in this interview, but I watched the YouTube trailer of the of the book and each woman says, I'm speaking now and emphasizing that that that, um, you know, I need to be heard. I want to be listened to. I'm requiring your attention. And and, and I think that is so very important and well deserved, uh, actually. Um, and I think that's uh, a great part and aspect of uh, this version of chicken soup for the soul. Mm-hmm. And one uh, of the things that's also important here, too, Michael, is that the women in this volume who are saying, I'm speaking now. And as you say, on the trailer, they're looking straight into the camera mm-hmm. and they're asserting themselves. It's really the loveliest part of that trailer. And we're going to be using more of their videos in other ads and uh, that we are running for the book. So they're all sweet. 
And I mean, I got really filled up to see them because I know for a fact that when we speak, when we as women speak, as black women speak, we're not only speaking for ourselves. We're speaking for our children. Mm. We're speaking for our husbands, our lovers, our spouses, our friends, our parents. We're speaking um, for all of our community mm-hmm. when we raise our voices as well as ourselves. So um, it's important. So many of the women here um, in this volume expressed their particular and very specific views. Uh, We've got a section on uh, the stories are all about the experiences of driving as a black person. And I mean, some of those stories are compelling and, and there are humorous aspects to them too. And I, I want to emphasize that a number of the narratives are really very funny. Some are ironic, Some are really sad and others are really very joyful. So there's a wide variety of uh, tastes and approaches and emotions in in this volume. That is awesome. I'm I'm so happy to be talking to noted scholar, author and good friend. Uh, Brina Clark here on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. So happy to have her here discussing uh, her recent book uh, entitled uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul. I'm speaking now. Black women share their truth and 101 stories of love, courage and hope. And, you know, as you were talking, I'm reminded of you're talking about I'm speaking now. I'm reminded of uh, a video uh, where Congresswoman Maxine Waters uh, in the middle of a a session in Congress uh, said, I'm reclaiming my time. And uh, Mm -hmm. I, I almost, you know, I almost can you almost can take what she said and 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 use it or compare it to uh the title of your book I'm speaking now because in so many words she was reclaiming her time and not to be talked over not to be uh uh not to be interrupted uh but she had a thought that she wanted to get out and did not want uh wanted to um be overlooked and so I, I almost look at at those two uh remarks as being the same wouldn't you say yes i would agree i definitely would agree and part of that is our need and seizing the moment mm. again we're seizing the moment and stepping up to take our opportunity to take our opportunity to speak up and to say what um to speak about our oppression in this country. And as I said, it's not the first time we've tried to speak, certainly, but um, we've persisted. And there again, that's that other word that they don't like to hear us say. But if there's one thing you can say about the black women of this country, historically, it is that they have persisted. They have persisted and insisted Hmm. that we have the right for to full participation in this country's life, in its social life, its political life, its economic life. 
we have a right to full participation. And that's really very much what the women who've contributed to this volume are saying. There are stories about um, how we are raising our children, educational choices. There are women who speak about the difficult choices they must make about where they live so that their children can attend the most advantageous school. Um, there are uh, there are a lot of slices of our stories, specific and universal at the same time, because that's what we were looking for when we selected this 101 stories. That is awesome. That is awesome. I know you guys are enjoying my interview with this amazing author, uh, Brina Clark, right here with us on the Thinking Out Loud TV and radio radio and TV show. And, you know, um, I want to find out from you, you know, because what you just said, I think, is a great segue into my next question, talking about um, the, the, the elevation of, of today's women in politics and in uh, various other industries uh, in this country and even around the world. You know, what do you say about the position of leadership that not just women, but black women have seemed to have risen to or even been appointed to by the Biden administration, uh, you know, with the election of the first woman, black woman, a, an Asian Pacific woman as vice president? You're a Howard grad. She's a Howard grad as well. Um, you know, what do you say? Uh, uh, about that and and how did you feel when when that moment uh, finally came and then to wrap the question up you know how long do you think it will be before we see the first woman president of uh, the United States wow (laughs) I hope it doesn't take too long uh, because it's well overdue let's just say that Right. I was really thrilled. I was thrilled um, that Kamala Harris uh, became vice president, Um, not the least uh, because she is a Howard University graduate, which just proves, uh, you know, go bison. And um, but it also um, illustrates a very important point. One of the things I always insist about the HBCU uh, experience. It's that I can remember when I went to Howard, uh, you know, much long before Kamala Harris was there, but it was an exciting place. And I felt I had come home and that I was in a place where the teachers and all of my uh, fellow students, they understood that I was there and that I was smart enough and studious enough to be in college. That wasn't the experience that some other friends had at the white institutions. They spent more time sort of justifying their own place at these universities. They spent less time getting the education that they ought to have gotten. So Mm. I think there is something special about that experience. My oldest sister is also a Howard grad, my husband, a Howard grad. So we have quite a few 
uh, many of my lifelong friends are Howard grads. And I don't want to imply that I'm always down there, you know, going to homecoming and things like that. No, I'm not. But that association, uh, the luster of that institution, I have always felt throughout my life. I've always felt that Howard University certainly put my feet on uh, the right path. And uh, so I'm a big uh, supporter of that institution. Now, um, as to the other women who have joined the administration, I mean, I couldn't be more excited. I think this is a great opportunity. And uh, not just black women, but women of color in this administration. Let's hope they are able to influence the institutions the um, it, that they are, are are leading, and that we can have real change, and that we can get some um, common sense and compassionate laws uh, passed and implemented while they're here in charge. Right. And yes, I hope it doesn't take too long before we yeah. have a woman as president. Mm-hmm. My goodness. What are we waiting for? <laughs> <laughs> right. Look how long it took for us to finally get a woman vice president uh, of wow. the United States. And uh, talking about uh, President Biden and some of his qualities, um, you know, nothing else he's shown us uh, his, you know, affinity or affection for uh, for women and not just women, but black women as being a part of his administration. Um, and I think that outward expression uh, of that um, it kind of, um, you know, is a warming uh, feeling for us as a black community, trying to see if, you know, he will, uh, you know, re- respond to uh, our request for, uh, you know, the, the the passage of legislation for criminal justice reform and the, mm-hmm. the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act and things of that nature, because we're always trying to see and find if, you know, uh, if white politicians are going to be true uh, to, to what they say to us before uh, they're elected, you know. Uh, so mm-hmm. we're always trying to find uh, that 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 piece of authenticity uh, from mm-hmm. uh, white politicians. And, and, and we're trying to find that, I'm sure, many of us uh, from President Joe Biden to see if he's going to be true to what he said uh, on the campaign trail. Um, and uh, at least we've seen him do some things, uh, again, with the uh, selection of Kamala Harris as his running mate, being one of yes. them. And then yes. with, um, you know, adding women to his cabinet and women to uh, key positions within his administration and black women uh, in key positions within his administration has at least shown us that, um, you know, he's listening to. Uh, at least the plight of black America. Would you agree with that? I would agree. And it at least it shows a willingness to uh, bring people in to include uh, voices, to allow uh, voices to flourish in his government. So I think he's at least put some of some money where his mouth is in that regard. And so fingers crossed that those uh, individuals will be able to have influence and be able to influence the uh, the course uh, 
of our country. And, you know, it also brings up a point. We have said we have yet to have a woman as president. And there's so many um, institutions uh, and uh, arms of government in which we haven't had the representation of women. Well, things aren't going so well. So it would seem to me that you might want to get some fresh blood in and some fresh thoughts in some of these institutions, in some of these areas. So let's try some women. Okay. Because I mean, uh, some men's track record hasn't been so good. And why I don't think this is entirely a gender concern because I think gender all by itself is not the important issue here. It's the um, one gender uh, oppressing another gender and keeping opportunities away from us. That's the problem. So it really isn't the uh, the uh, um, the equipment um, at all. It's not really the, the issue of gender. It's the issue of opportunity. And of course, that's the issue uh, for the races as well. Um, if our playing field were level, then, hey, there would be few complaints, but we know that it is not. Right. And I think that is one of the key issues that have been clarified for some people in the white community over the last couple of years, that the playing field has been revealed to be uneven, to to be not level, mm-hmm. um, that white men especially have had their finger on the scales up to now. And I think it's clear to some other people who hadn't seen it before that this is so. So it, it, um, I'd say it's about time we've had some change, right. but um, I've been patient up to now. And so patience is a virtue patience and I'll just, uh, I'll just continue to be patient. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to get ready and take our next break. But I know you guys are enjoying my conversation and interview with this noted scholar and author, uh, Brina Clark. So happy to have her with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We'll be right back. Don't, 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 don't touch that dial. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. We'll be right back. This is Michael Eric Dyson, and when I'm in Detroit, I listen to the Thinking Out Loud radio show, dropping that knowledge, giving that inspiration, giving us that enlightenment. Nobody does it like Brother Michael does it. Do your thing. Holla. Peace. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. Award-winning journalist, Carolyn Clifford. As journalists, we just have to keep doing what we're doing day in and day out. All we can do is report the truth in a non-biased manner, and everything else will work itself out. Activist and thought leader, Marcia L. Dyson. Obviously not Nancy Pelosi, because again, because of social media, she said what she said, but that she's not going to be the ones who stopped uh, her colleagues from 
not only thinking out loud, but talking out loud, whoever they are, authentically. Pastor and intellectual, Dr. Frederick Haynes III. The black church, according to the uh, brilliant author and historian and scholar, L.H. Welchel, he said the black church was born as a protest movement. Uh, That's the reason the black church came to be. And if we're going to be honest to uh, scripture, I mean, the church itself uh, came out protesting. It was a movement of prophetic witness uh, to, you know, the insurrection of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We bring you the best minds who deliver their best thoughts only on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Vision should be the next book you purchase. Written by radio host and minister Michael Nimmons. Vision is an insightful, thought-provoking book that is also a helpful tool in getting you to see your life through God's eyes. Vision Endorsed by best-selling authors Dr. Eddie Connor and Kim Brooks and mega-pastor Bishop Charles H. Ellis III. Vision is a life-changing book that you need in your personal library. Get your copy today. Available everywhere books are sold online or at michaelnimmons.com. Get your copy today. Vision Vision. Stay tuned for more motivation, more inspiration, and more empowerment on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Keep it locked. All right, guys, I know you are enjoying my interview with noted scholar and author uh, and activist uh, Brina Clark. So happy to have her with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. I am definitely enjoying my conversation with her. And uh, we talked before the break about uh, women in politics and in leadership positions. And I want to ask you, uh, how important uh, is uh, women like Stacey Abrams and Latasha Brown, uh, two uh, very powerful women uh, that have taken up the struggle for equality and uh, justice in voting rights, particularly in the South? And I want to find out, you know, how important are their voices and how important are their involvement in this struggle for voting rights in uh, states like Georgia and Florida and uh, Texas. And, and, and it seems to be, um, you know, moving around this country, uh, the need for uh, equality and voting rights. Oh, absolutely. I can't tell you how important I feel Stacey Abrams work has mm-hmm. been. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I would hope, if we could get a huge Xerox machine, maybe we could a copy about three, four Stacey Abrams or something, because right. we need her in various states around the country. Right. We need um, women to step up and join her um, in this kind of work, because I do think that we're in real danger mm-hmm. of losing our freedoms and losing our access to voting rights if we are not careful. I believe that in many states, especially those states that 
had a big turnout of uh, new voters, especially uh, voters of color. They have tried to clamp down on all kinds of measures that make the uh, process convenient for people. Now, that doesn't make any sense at all. all. That's absolutely counterintuitive, makes no sense at all to try and make it difficult for people to cast a legal ballot. The only possible um, reason, the only possible motive you could have for that is that you wanted to suppress the votes of people of color. And I think that is an absolutely vicious and pernicious movement on uh, the part of Republican politicians. And, you know, we have to call a spade a spade. That's exactly what they are trying to do. So they are attempting to undermine people like Stacey Abrams. But I think that she has lit a fire among other uh, young women and that I think she will be joined. I certainly hope that the younger people will see the importance of registering and voting in the next election. It's it's vitally important. I totally agree with you. And um, you can see that she is definitely on to something because uh, I believe she was you know, nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Mm-hmm, and um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that is truly remarkable for um, you know, her taking up this cause of voting rights and, you know, it just, it just seems like, um, as I said, she's on to something because as soon as she, she took up this cause, uh, and, 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 and took on the campaign for, uh, voting rights, you saw how successful, uh, she was back in November of last year turning Georgia blue uh, for the first time in many, many years uh, for the presidential election. And for those that thought mm-hmm. it was a flash in a pan, did it again in January uh, when uh, uh, Senator uh, Senators John Ossoff and Senator uh, Reverend uh, Warnock were both uh, elected to the U.S. Senate for mm-hmm. the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. So um, I think she's doing a phenomenal job. And many are saying, you know, she should run for office again, even though she was defeated uh, back, I believe, in 2018 for mm-hmm. her run mm-hmm. for governor of Georgia. Yes. You know. Well, I think she should, too. I think she should uh, run for office. We need people with her level of uh, compassion and skill. Mm -hmm. She's a skilled politician. She knows how to uh, work with people. She's a skilled politician. She uh, is an honest and forthright woman. So, yes, we definitely need her work in national politics. We certainly, certainly do. And I think she also brings um, to this discussion of voting rights attention to um, the smaller 
campaigns in each state and county and city. And I think that we have to pay close attention to those uh, races as well, so that it is not just that we save ourselves for the presidential races. We must influence people and politicians at every level. I mm. always say if they've got an election for dog catcher, I'm there. <laughs> right. I'm just going to vote. Right. And my husband and I go up to vote every time there's an election. And we're kind of funny because, you know, we go up there, you know, ready to challenge anyone who would say. And we're always right there on the rolls because we vote every time. So our name is always there. We never get a chance <laughs> to, to act that. like we're going to. Yeah, right. We just have to go in the booth, cast our vote and come out. But it's always funny. I always laugh because we're prepared. You're prepared. We're prepared if we've got to. <laughs> that's awesome that is awesome i i i uh i'm tickled by that as well you go up there you're ready uh to I'm take ready. on anybody who says no you can't vote you know yes i can <laughs> but you know but this is a very important issue because we're also here at the centennial of um voting rights for women mm. and we have to reflect on the fact that uh, many of the prominent uh, women who uh, white women who were pressing for voting rights for women were really didn't want to include black women in these voting rights. Many of the Southerners were certainly very much against including black women in women's suffrage. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, Black women of their day worked for and fought for woman's suffrage. They also sacrificed in personal ways in order to guarantee women's suffrage. So when we uh, have the opportunity to go to the voting booth, I take it very, very seriously because there are women who sacrificed their um, their jobs and and perhaps their own personal well-being to ensure that women, each woman would have the right to vote. And there were women like Fannie Lou Hamer, who literally was beaten mm. in jail in order to guarantee the rights of people to cast a ballot. And so each and every time an election comes up, all I have to do is think of Fannie Lou Hamer and I'm there. And, and I am that's, there. Yeah. And that's remarkable because we, we, we actually need more individuals like yourself um, to, to take voting seriously, not just in presidential elections, like you said, mm -hmm. but in the midterm elections in your local elections, because we mm -hmm. see a drop off uh, in those uh, in those elections because people uh, seem to feel like, well, you know, this is not important to me or important enough for me to go out and vote, but they don't, they need to, we, I guess the best way to do it is we have to begin to connect the dots for them so they can see why it's yes. important to go and vote in the midterm elections and vote in your local elections and things like, because they're all connected. They're all, uh, are, 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 are just as important, not just for who's sitting at 16 in the white house of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but who is sitting, uh, as your mayor, who is, uh, who's mm -hmm. running your city 
city council, who is, uh, who, who is, you know, who's the police chief, who's the dog catcher, whoever that is, you need to have a, a, a vote and need to have a say in all of that. And you have every right to, as a citizen of this country. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I know you guys are enjoying my interview with this noted scholar and author, uh, Brina Clark. So happy to have her with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. And, you know, uh, as we get ready to wrap the interview, I want to find out from you uh, a little bit about uh, the Hubbard Festival of Women Writers and uh, your position as a fiction faculty of Stone Coast MFA in creative writing, because you, you seem to be involved in quite a bit. And uh, I know you said you retired, but it seems like you've taken on some other responsibilities as well. But share with our listeners what you're doing in those particular positions, because they seem to be uh, very empowering as well. Well, you have to stay busy, so I, I'm trying to do that. Right. Um, the Hobart Festival of Women uh, Writers is a an annual festival that we've been holding on one weekend. We hold it on the uh, first weekend after Labor Day. We weren't able to do it in 2020, and we won't be able to um, do an in-person uh, festival in 2021. What we're doing are our virtual events mm. uh, until we can get back uh, to an in-person festival. But what we try to do is bring together women who are published writers, uh, some of whom uh, Hobart is a town in upstate New York. Oh. And my sister and her spouse live in a Hobart and they run an independent bookstore. And Hobart is an interesting town. It's the reading capital of New York State. And it it is because it's a small town, but it has six independent bookstores in it and they work together. And people come from all over the state and, and you know, nearby from Pennsylvania and uh, New England as well. They come in, they browse the bookstores, they buy books, they used and new books, mostly used books, antiquarian books. So it's really a very um, a lively village. And we've been having uh, a women's uh, writing festival there uh, one weekend, uh, once a year. And we bring together about 18 uh, published writers, uh, a mix of women who are located upstate New York and those who are downstate. We've had people from around the country. And um, we get together, we have uh, workshops and readings. So it's very lively. It's a great, um, it's a great weekend. And I also teach at the Stone Coast MFA in creative writing at the University of Southern Maine. The Stone Coast Project is a low residency uh, MFA in creative writing. So what happens is I work with students and we work um, 
a long distance. Um, so it's low residency, but twice a year, our whole group comes together and we have workshops and classes and individual sessions. So it's really uh, very interesting and lively. And the students earn uh, the Master's of Fine Arts uh, degree from the University of Southern Maine. And some of them are enormously talented. And I am very stimulated by it because I get to interact. And so I hear a lot of new ideas and I get to go on and on and on and on and on talking about books and literature. So uh, it's, it's a great for me. That sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. I mean, uh, the the opportunity to interact with someone who is a best-selling author and had their book on Oprah's book club. I mean, that's got to be <laughs> a wonderful experience for them as well, I'm sure. Well, um, they're gracious enough to say so, so uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, well, I have definitely enjoyed my interview with you, uh, noted author and scholar Brina Clark with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. Before we let you go, I want you to share with our listeners where they can purchase uh, this new book, Chicken Soup for the Soul. Uh, I'm speaking now. Black women share their truth and 101 stories of love, courage and hope uh, tell our listeners where they can purchase their copy of this powerful book. Okay. And I'm going to hold it up too, so they can see it's really lovely. As you can see, it's yes. a beautiful book. Um, they, if they go on the chicken soup uh, website, chicken soup for the soul.com uh, chicken soup.com. I'm sorry. Uh, but go onto the website and you will see all the information about our book in the upcoming books. Um, you can also Google I'm speaking now and you'll come up on the website. Now you can um, order the book from an independent bookstore. I usually push this because I know that our independent bookstores need help. They need support, but I want you to get it wherever you can lay your hands on it. So don't, don't hesitate. Um, you can call your uh, independent bookstore up and ask them, tell them the title. They can order the book for you. We've sent out specific information. I just want to let readers know to over 200 independent black bookstores in the country. So they're aware of the book and um, they'll know about it and they won't be surprised when you call up. As I mentioned before, Walmart is going to be carrying them for uh, a while. Uh, Target also is featuring the book. They're going to be carrying it so you can get a copy. I recommend getting a copy for yourself and then getting another one in case you want to send it to your niece, your aunt, your sister, your, you know, any number of people. You can send it to men, too. Men will enjoy reading it. It's not just a woman's book. Right. But it is of specific and particular interest to women, especially black women. So if you know someone uh, who may be struggling or just needs to, you know, have a um, an easygoing book to read, recommend this book to her. And um, as Michael was saying earlier, the books are available, available June 1st. 
And of course, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and all those other sources will have it as well. Well, guys, there you have it. I know you have enjoyed my interview with this amazing, amazing woman, an author, activist, speaker, and so much more. We've just been honored and humbled to have you with us. Brina Clark with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to spend with us right here on the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We wish you nothing but success on all that you've done and doing uh, because, again, you're involved in a lot. <laughs> and uh, and it, as you say, it's good to keep busy. But we thank you again for taking time to be with us. May God continue to bless you. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. I've really enjoyed it. I really have. <laughs> I have it. I have as well. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio and TV show. We'll be right back. <laughs> You're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with Pastor Michael Nimmons. Don't you dare touch that dial. everyone, this is jazz saxophonist Jasmine Jin, and you're listening to the Thinking Out Loud radio show with your host, Michael Nimmons. The Thinking Out Loud radio show, giving voice to issues that matter to you. that you were insufficient who told you that you were a loser who told you that you were a failure who told you that you were deficient who told you that you were nothing who told you that you were worthless who told you that you had no value who told you that you were you to believe who told you that you were naked it's a dynamic empowering and inspiring book about identity that is a definite must-have. Pastor Nimmons talks about an identity crisis that dates as far back as the Garden of Eden. You don't want to miss these powerful insights into not just the problem of this identity crisis, but the discovery of the spiritual solution. Get your copy now, available on Amazon for just $14.95 or by visiting michaelnemons.com like a victim when you are already victorious good friend of ours iconic legendary radio host right here in Detroit John Mason welcome to the Thinking Out Loud radio show thank you Pastor Michael man out of a cloud and always listen to thinking it out loud it'll change your life it'll do it and every time you watch and listen it'll change your life every day tune in to the thinking out loud radio show every tuesday at 8 p.m with radio host michael nimmons available everywhere you listen to your podcast and now available for download on the detroit praise network app It's time. 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 Time.
radio show of the week. The homeless pastor. I was looking through social media a day or so ago and I ran across this very powerful story I thought I would share as our thought of the week for this edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Pastor Jeremiah Sleepick transformed himself into a homeless person and went to the 10,000 member church that he was to be introduced as the head pastor that morning. He walked around his soon-to-be church for 30 minutes while it was filling with people for service. Only three people out of the seven to 10,000 people said hello to him. He asked people for change to buy food. No one in the church gave him change. He went into the sanctuary to sit down in front of the church and was asked by the usher if he would please sit in the back. He greeted people to be greeted back with stares and dirty looks, with people looking down on him and judging him. As he sat in the back of the church, he listened to the church announcements and such. When all that was done, the elders went up and were excited to introduce the new pastor of the church to the congregation. We would like to introduce you to Pastor Jeremiah Sleepick. The congregation looked around, clapping with joy and anticipation. The homeless man sitting in the back of the church stood up and started walking down the aisle. The clapping stopped with all eyes on him. He walked up the altar and took the microphone from the elders who were in on this and paused for a moment. Then he recited. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared you for since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and ye gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and ye gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and ye came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? When do we see you a stranger and invited you in, or needed clothes and clothe you? When do we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these, brothers and sisters of mine, he did for me. After he recited this, he looked towards the congregation and told them all what he had experienced that morning. Many began to cry and many heads were bowed in shame. He then said, Today I see a gathering of people, not a church of Jesus Christ. The world has enough people, but not enough disciples. When will you decide to become one of his disciples? He then dismissed service until next week. The moral of the story is simple. Church has to be more than just a place where we go to fellowship and socialize with others. But it is a place where we become the embodiment of the Christ we claim to serve. And when this happens, the church is no longer what we claim. It is who we are. with a powerful, powerful thought of the week. The home-
homeless pastor. The church indeed is more than the place where we socialize and fellowship with others, but it is in fact the place where we become the embodiment of the Christ we claim to serve. And again, when that happens, it becomes more than just a place we claim, but it actually becomes who we are. I hope this thought of the week blessed you. Want to give a special shout out to noted speaker, scholar, activist, and author Brina Clark for being with us on this edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. I hope you enjoyed her interview. Again, she is on was on the show promoting her latest book entitled Chicken Soup for the Soul. I'm speaking now. Black women share their truth and 101 stories of love, courage, and hope. And thank you again. Uh, Miss Scott for being with us on the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Guys, we hope you enjoyed this week's edition of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Uh, be sure to tune in next week. We're going to have another great show in store for you. Also, uh, later on today, we're going to be on about 8 o'clock on the after show talking about uh, the Naomi Osaka tennis player uh, who um, is in the news this week talking about um, her bout with mental health and what is going on with the French Open. A lot of things are coming out of this and I want to kind of get your thoughts and feedback about it Uh, it, particularly when it comes to athletes and the media and uh, I have my thoughts about it and I want to hear your thoughts about it as well we talked a little bit about it earlier in the show we want to get more into it uh, at 8pm live on Instagram so I look forward to chopping it up with you in just a little bit Remember to check out Thinking Out Loud TV. We've got some new videos for you this week. Uh, so be sure and uh, check them out. Leave us a comment and like the videos. And subscribe to the Thinking Out Loud TV YouTube channel as well. Guys, we appreciate your support of the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thank you very much for all that you do uh, for us. And it is greatly appreciated. Well, guys, we're getting ready to get out of here. But before we do, always remember... Remember, if you think it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can see it. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can be it, you can achieve it. The power rests within you. The mind is the most powerful muscle in your body. Use what you got to get what you want. The power is in you. It's the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Thinking Out Loud radio show. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. To get more info about the show and the ministry, visit michaelnemons.com. Want to book radio host Michael Nemons for your next special event? Send an email to contact at michaelnemons.com. Tune in every Tuesday at 8 p.m. for the Thinking Out Loud radio show. Giving voice to issues that matter to you.